Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots to look at in the markets. Of course, we had the, I don't even know if we can call it a must-anticipated planning intentions and stocks report because it seems to have been pushed to the sidelines with COVID, but it come back to say, hey, I have some surprises of my own. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the stocks, the ethanol, human abilities, and the futures. At what point do we get that mental break? And then, of course, all the craziness that's happening on the livestock side as well. We'll get to all of that. Is Joining us today is Mike Zuzalo with Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, definitely not a quiet type of trading day once again. No, and as you said, the litany of things that you went down and then you add on top of that the month end and the fact that it's quarter end and you add on top of that that we got news over the weekend that we were going to extend the uh, the lockdown essentially for lack of a better term here in the United States. And, you know, I think if the listener out there doesn't take anything else away from today's uh, broadcast uh, on today's Fontenelle Final Bell, I think what I want to really focus on with producers and clients this next 30 days because we have had this extension to the end of april is can we preserve the summer driving gasoline season and can we preserve the summer grilling season and i think these are the two major features in this market that could provide us with a much needed recovery in prices if we can get out of this by the end of april susan there's so many things that we have to look at uh, on a daily basis. And then let's just throw in the COVID-19 and the effects that we've seen on the ethanol industry. Then the trick, trickle-down effect of the ethanol industry with the DDGs and how that's going to affect our livestock producers. It is a never-ending cycle we're in. Yeah, and I think let's let's start at the most important feature of this market. And, and, and it ties into the acreage and stocks report because... We have been, as you say, just hogtied to the energy markets, and for a reason, because we do have 40% of our corn production that goes into the crushing of ethanol. But yet, when I take a step back, because I do a lot of energy analysis, not just agriculture analysis, because I have to do a lot of energy analysis if I have to do a lot of uh, currency analysis. We saw that today. We saw a real break to the downside in the dollar currency, that allowed the unleaded market in the futures in New York to go up 5%. I think that was really the heart and soul as to why we got such a large corn acreage number from USDA, and yet the corn was able to close up a penny or near about that in the May futures. But the trade right now by the big, big investment banks, the big global economists like the World Bank, the IMF, Goldman Sachs, those people out there, are saying, okay, 2019 crude oil demand around the world was 100 million barrels a day. And at that price level, or at that uh, quantity of demand, we were trading around $60 a day, plus or mi- $60 a barrel, plus or minus, day in and day out, most of uh, 2018 and 2019, if you take an average price. And so if you look at $60 a barrel, and 100 million barrels a day, and then the new forecast by all these large economists and firms are coming out saying we're losing 25, maybe even 30 percent of our demand base, which means we're going to go down to 70 or 75 million barrels a day. Well, if you just do simple math, if you take it down to 60 million barrels a day and chop off 40 percent, that would be $36 crude oil prices. And yet we are trading at this stage of the game sub-20 this week in Texas, in, in, in the middle of Texas, 
uh, not far from Houston. They got down to $7 a barrel yesterday. So I guess what my point is in all this, Susan, is we need the market to take a step back and say, okay, the worst of the COVID is behind us. Look at what kind of price destruction we've done in the futures, whether you're looking at cattle, whether you're looking at feeders, whether you're looking at corn, and whether you're looking especially at unleaded markets and crude oil markets, which have lost 70 to 80% of their values since their January highs. Not to even mention the fact that it's going to have such a a trickle-down effect to these rural communities, and that's going to have an impact just as big as what we're seeing in these prices. Yeah, and that's the next shoe to drop when it comes to the actual economic data, and and this will test my theory that we have already priced in a lot of negativity in the futures market, and and, uh, and let's stick with something that we all really care about in Kansas and Nebraska, and and not just our driving uh, gasoline prices, but we've got 119 to 120 dollar cash cattle being traded pretty widely around the country in the plains, and yet we were at 98 dollar April fat cattle futures earlier today. What makes sense that that's that $22 discount in the futures market or in the feeders instead of trading 155 to 160 in the cash market earlier today, the uh, April feeders were down to 117. And I think it really goes back to testing this theory that we've got a futures discount in the market and the cash price is suggesting to us what the real supply demand is. And so I'm going to get tested on that next week because of what you're talking about. We're going to get a lot of unemployment data. We're going to get a lot of economic data from all around the world. And we're going to see exactly how this trade handles this kind of data because it's probably going to be pretty ugly data, quite frankly. But that's what we got in the acreage report today, 97 million corn acres, 600,000 acres above the highest trade guess. And you're talking about a close in the corn market that was actually up a penny. And, and that was done without much help from the beans or the wheat, with the beans well off their highs, closing up a couple three, and the wheat up about four cents, well off their highs as well. So this next week is a big te- testing and proving ground for my analysis that we've already got such an ample futures discount in the market if we just come through with uh, negative information that we've already dialed in, maybe then we'll start to see the dollar back down and some short covering happen in these markets. Well, stick around, folks, because when we come back, we're going to continue to kind of dive into the report that we saw come out earlier today. We know that there is still crops being harvested in the Dakotas. I've seen social media pictures coming out of Minnesota with corn coming out of the fields as well. Then we're going to turn the tide and look what's been happening on the livestock side. As we know, the struggle has been there. And it was nice to see some positives in the trade. But how long is that going to last? More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Mike Zuzlo of Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, this is a compliment because a lot of times I will take notes as you guys talk to be able to use it for, for later for the podcast. And this whole first segment, I took like two notes because I was just intrigued by all the information that you passed along and, and the thoughts and the concerns that are happening with the markets. And I think how it's going to affect the consumer as well as they try to digest what we in ag are seeing on a daily basis because they look at the gas pumps and think woohoo i'm paying less than two bucks a gallon then they hear the rest of the story well yeah and it should be a lot lower than that quite honestly if you really want to spur demand in the economy and i think that's the that's the road we're going to have to go through here in the next 30 days and i'm hopeful that the market is so forward-looking 
that as we talked about in the last segment, you'll get to a point where the trade is saying to itself, okay, we've taken for the quarter, the first quarter of the market, lean hogs are down, and these are actual numbers as we have settled out the month of March and we've finished off the first quarter. We're down about 27% in the front-end hogs, about 18.6% in front-end cattle, and down about 16% in the uh, feeder cattle. And yet when you flip the screen over and you look at a boxed beef price or you look at ground beef prices at $2.66, and that was that's the highest levels we've seen since 2015 when fat cattle were trading 150 to 155 Something's got to give here is my take, Susan. Well, you talk about something to give, and we talked about this before we started, was the human abilities on all of this and, and the futures markets. There's so much emotion tied to it yeah, this year. And, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I really think producers and ranchers have really gotten a bad taste in their mouths, and, and partially rightfully so because of the volatility factor that options carry with them and the fact that the, the volatility factor in options creates an environment where they really erode and erode pretty quickly uh, if you're not right the market right away essentially or within a couple weeks of putting the position on so that's step number one is whenever you use an option it's kind of like a basis contract that's kind of how i look at it is you don't want to leave that basis contract sitting out there and forget about it uh, if you do one with your cash elevator because you gotta lock that future side in on your basis contract it's kind of the same thing with options whether you're buying options or selling options it doesn't matter to me you really within a couple maybe three weeks within the time period that you put them on uh, especially if you're talking about looking at something over the course of the next two or three months, you really don't want to sit with that position very long unless you're right, pretty much right away. Then you don't have to worry about the volatility because the amount of distance between the option premium, where the futures is, and what the potential is in that option starts to close together, and they come together more from my experience. The second thing is what we're dealing with right now. Look, I have had long futures in place on the cattle. I've had future spreads in place with uh, producers and ranchers and the cattle. I, I have turned all those in in favor of long calls and, and looking at just bought options, bought longs. And I did that today when we saw the story about the potential JBS Packer facility in Pennsylvania shutting down because of COVID. It just, you know, tore the market to shred for about 20 minutes. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. We're going to get more and more of these stories, and I've got to do better risk management for the clients I work with and work it from a standpoint that I'm in this for more of the long haul, more of the price discount in the futures versus the, the cash market. We're at 117 in feeder futures. We're trading 160 out here in this part of the country for decent calves. So I think the futures should go up, but I'm going to do bought options so I don't have to deal with every single story and the potential that the funds decide to take something limit down for two or three days in a row. And we've experienced that the month of March. So I'm trying to learn what I've gone through and pass that on to the listeners out there. This has been the most volatile I have seen this livestock market in many, many years. Yeah, I started 25 years ago in 1995, and I've gone through the hog cycles, you know, the 1998 hog cycle where producers were literally shooting hogs in their backyards because the fuel price wasn't worth taking them in. I, this is definitely, without a doubt, and I, I put it at the feet of the, the algorithmic traders 
and, and just the thinner volume that we trade in livestock versus some of the other commodities. Once the momentum and sentiment turns one way, they push it as hard as they possibly can. And I, I think it's much easier, and this is the biggest you know issue that I think rancher clients that I work with say to me, and I think they're right, it's much easier for the market to be pushed lower than it is to be pushed higher. And that's what we're experiencing here, even though the cash markets are saying the exact opposite. How long can we go on this ride without having that breakdown? Well, I think what we're doing now is we're in a food security issue. And you and I have talked about this before. Look, if you want to play algorithmic trading, play it on Wall Street. Play it with stocks. Don't play with the food market. But the government and the regulators haven't gotten that through their heads yet. If For folks to get a hold of you, Mike. Best way to get a hold of me is go to globalanalytics.biz and sign up for a trial or sign up and ask me a question online there where you have a little box to fill it in. I'll be happy to call you and answer it. Otherwise, call me toll-free, 866-471-2588. And that is the final, final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss. They're not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.